I'm Melissa White, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. This is a show to help inspire you to live your life to the fullest, but really to learn about those that guide us, our unseen helpers, guides, angels, loved ones in spirit that walk beside us in this life. I'll share with you personal experiences from my life as a professional medium and mentor. I'll also offer you insight into working with the spirit world and introduce you to guests that I find fascinating and that might lead you on your own journey to further discover your own soul's gifts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I'm joined today by Vicki Cartwright, who is a psychic medium, and really, she's here to have a chat and to discuss her own personal spiritual journey, experiences with spirit, and also grief and loss. So welcome, welcome, Vicki. Welcome. Thank you, Melissa. I'm honored to be here and especially to chat about grief and my experience with loss. Yeah, I lost my son, Harley. It was actually two years in September. Do you want me to tell a bit of his story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Harley passed away from fentanyl poisoning. It had done some damage to his stomach, so he crossed in the hospital September 24th, 2020. You know, I was trying to think about a couple of things to talk about. At that time, Melissa, I really kind of checked out for about six months. So I'm glad you brought up grief and the process of what we go through and the human side and the spiritual side, because I kind of took a step back from my spiritual toolbox or basket, I would say, and Mm -hmm. was really that grieving mother traumatized just deep, deep in my grief and didn't realize that I could use some of my tools until probably four or five months in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And would you say also that like that you had this knowledge of the spirit world and you kind of knew that you had your abilities and everything, but it, would you say that when Harley passed that that really did kind of open the door even further for you? Yes and no. It kind of scared me at first. I'll take a step back. Like I started doing energy healing work like a decade and a half ago and it was my inner journey of myself healing. Mm-hmm. that kind of started everything. So I was familiar with like inner child work, trauma work. I led meditation groups with active meditation for healing those processes. But when it came to the grief, I kind of, that part shut down. Mm-hmm. But Harley spiritual was coming through and it scared me at first. I had a tribe of women, you know, who were seekers like myself and they'd reached out and we kind of went through some processes where Harley was determined to talk to me determined to get the messages out. And I really didn't believe in the mediumship part of the spirit world. Mm. I probably had those abilities in my energy readings. I just didn't know what they were. Yeah. So I just thought it was a grieving mother and I kind of had tuned out. And then he had, through a friend, kind of through channeling, had really reached out to me at a time when I needed to find out why he died in the hospital. And he explained that to me through a friend. And it kind of was a part of me really going into the mediumship. It opened that world of, wow, spirits are amazing, right? It lessened my grief. I was still deep in my grief, but I had a bit of my connection back. And that's the part that it kind of opened up with me trusting and surrendering more 
during the grief process. It was a little bit of a wild and crazy ride. And I think you've met Harley now as in the mediumship. So the first year and a half, he was really very vocal. He started coming through in automatic writing in my journals. And funny enough, I haven't gone back there. I wanted to give myself like two and a half years. I've kind of checked into them every once in a while, but it's still part of my grief journey to kind of I want to revisit that in like, a, you know what I mean? Maybe six or eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny how the human part of me still wants to categorize and stage the grief. And I'm, I'm not ready and I'm kind of honoring that, which is kind of neat. But in his journaling, he would actually explain different details of how different people were parts of his life in different souls, different past lives. He kind of explained a bit to me that made me more open and aware of what happens when people cross what's in the spirit world. He was very detailed um, in his channeling, writings, whatever we want to call it. And it really helped my grief. I kept it to myself for quite a while because when I did share my story, how people would just kind of go, oh, she's just going crazy. So it was kind of like me and the journals for four or five months, which was very healing for my grief. Wow. I think, yeah, it's amazing to find that outlet, whatever it might be, and it might be different for different people. But I think, yeah, he's from like the experiences that I've had of Harley, there's just such a sense that he will do whatever is necessary to get your attention and to kind of continue to make sure that you know that this relationship is like it's continuing, like there's no end to that, you know? So it's quite phenomenal. I I just feel like even just the first time that I would have connected with him. Such a sense that this is someone who is so determined and so set on like being helpful to you and kind of going through like this life with you. It's just in a different way. And it's phenomenal. He's also not for me. He's kind of the last six months. He tells me that I got to stand on my own two feet. Yeah. <laughs> and the other people have told me that too. And it's, I didn't rely on him, but I was so mystified in the spirit world. Like um, in my mediumship practice with clients, he would like nudge them forward that somebody was shy or that someone that also had substance use issues or suicide. Or I seem to attract a lot of people that have similar stories to mine, you know, comfort based. And it's interesting because I think like spirit just knows that and they nudge in that certain direction. And then also I'm very cognitive of it can be scary in that world, mixing grief with the spiritual aspect as well. So I do try and separate them from my own grief journey. And it's tough because everybody has their own grief journey. It's so unique, but so individualized. Yeah. And, but it's a similar process, you know, like our grief has to be witnessed, which is a huge one. And I felt that the spirit world actually witnessed my grief more than in the human or school, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah, I could see that. It's sort of like, I think it's such a catalyst for a great deal of change and a great deal of growth but it's a huge journey to embark upon you know so I do think yeah it's very similar to almost that like it's almost like a spiritual awakening in a way but it doesn't always have to be I think it it can be like that though for a lot of people Exactly, exactly. And that's what I think Like sometimes a traumatic experience like that can ignite it, but also we can ignite that within ourselves. And I'm attracting a lot of clients like that also. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm fascinated by that. And I think Harley is too. On physical earth, when he was 31, when he crossed over, but he was always a that seeker, helper, that personality that was just bigger than life, wanting to help people. And he 
he just he didn't judge so it's very interesting of the the way he helps up there it's almost in the same type of way it's almost like he's in his own elements and he talks about that quite often and then through my grief journey i've also done a lot of advocacy work with different organizations because i feel at the same time that's part of another area of my healing journey oh definitely and it is a really beautiful way to honor him you know and the other thing i really notice when people some people come through from the spirit world they're giving like they've given me images before of these volunteers and i really really feel like harley's one of them where they even if they don't know someone here in the physical world like it's like a stranger to them it's almost like they get some kind of awareness or notification somebody is struggling either with their mental health or with addiction or like who knows like it could be anything but where they're sort of struggling and needing someone to be there and these spirits go and it's basically like witnessing and sitting and holding space for these people that they don't even know but it's almost like they show up because that person doesn't have anyone here in the physical world that is doing that for them and there's these volunteers of like people in spirit who have amazing beautiful open hearts and they're the healers they're healers right down to their you know in their soul and so i really think he's one of those people yeah i feel the same and some of the things he would do through his automatic writing was that he was kind of like talking about a school where they all kind of like go and they learn and they get their kind of wings and graduate kind of and and then they they help the other ones that have crossed over that don't have the ability down here Mm -hmm. They didn't have that. And then, like you say, the same thing. They're kind of like coming back and then helping people. A lot of friends, family, but I'll get the strangest responses from a lot of his friends, especially in the first year and a half that, you know, they felt him with him, yeah. especially when they were going through traumatic experiences or even just funny and lightheartedness also because, and in the first year, that's what it kind of like, they don't want to, I think, scare me. Okay. You know, he didn't want to scare me. He wanted to know with the same ability that he could do feathers and dimes in the same all the different, you know, unique messages that I give, but also that when we kind of, when I surrendered and just trusted more, I would more have those profound ones for my healing kind of moving forward, which also led me to then I started trying to navigate in the world then and sharing parts of my story with Harley and my connection. So unique. A lot of times outside of, like I said, I call kind of my group of spiritual friends and then my human nice friends. I don't know it's not a very good term. I haven't, I haven't come up with something yet. But you know, everyone does their best at heart, but it scares them, right? Like grief scares a lot of people. It's like can be complicated and messy. And a lot of people just don't know what to say. It's like we have a, a grief illiterate in North America. Yeah. Um, oh, know. I agree. I was going to ask you actually, if there's anything that people did or said that wasn't helpful to you, like that was that was difficult for you in the initial stages with your grief? You know what? There were so many. And a lot of them, I think I really went inward knowing that anger is my emesis. Mm -hmm. And my mind would be saying things like, really? Like, what the hell? And I really just think they were so, I'd look at them and I could actually, because I can see the energy and read energy. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, just, they didn't know what they were saying or doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It would be like, you know, it's okay to move on or, you know, um, you're lucky you still have a child, the silver lining and things like <laughs> just all those crazy things. And I, yeah, I tried not to look at it so negatively, but it's still, 
my brain wasn't in the capacity to look at the silver lining now. Yeah. Then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If I said it to myself, it was okay. <laughs> yeah. He was saying it to me. No. Yeah. Um, you know, but I really think like I started actually about three months after Harley passed, I started taking some online work with grief.com, which is David Kessler. Mm-hmm. And it was, he, it started out, you have a, a gentle heart and you do like about 13 different topics and you work into an open heart, a curious heart, an honoring heart. And then I'm on evolving heart right now. And it was a place and platform for me to really look at like some of the topics would be what happened and just be in the what happened and then kind of break it down, like not storytelling, but the actual factual. Mm -hmm. And it helped me get out of my analytical mind. It helped me get out of, you know what I mean? The shoulds, the coulds, what I could have done, which is part of the normal process of grief. Yeah. But. It, it just made it my way of going lighter. Like when I first, I started looking for books. My favorite book out there was It's Okay Not to Be Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't find a lot of resources. I kept on going back and I'm a seeker searcher. So I just kept on going and looking for, for more. And I found that with the, the Zoom platform, and part of this was during COVID too, at the end tail of COVID, it was my own little space where I could go in my own world and kind of grieve on my own because mm-hmm. grieving is a lonely, you know, personal job we have to do, but still I needed my connection to heal. Mm-hmm. So I understood those connections and would try and seek them through those avenues. But I really think like our, I spent a lot of time in Mexico, as you know, on my healing journey. And down there, I found it really a lot more lighthearted for my healing. I would get people just walking up to me and having these meaningful, wonderful conversations. Um, connection wise, but always to do with like death and loss, but they didn't know what I was going through. It was really, it was really kind of interesting, but very healing at the same time. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think, yeah, you were in, you were in the right place for that, for your healing. I wonder like as far as helpful things, because I always find that just honesty, like if I don't, if I'm connecting with a friend, a family member or a client even around grief and profound loss, I always am just very honest about like, I don't even know what to say at this time, but like I am here and I'm supporting you. I find that's like, I think that's helpful. At least you're honoring that like, you don't have an answer. You don't have something that's going to make this better. It's literally like no one can say anything that is going to change the situation or make it okay that their person is is physically not here, but that you're like in it with them, like kind of like, or at least beside them, you know, like walking alongside them. 100%. That sounds beautiful. And that's a lot of it. People don't know what to say. So it's just witnessing the grief. It's part of the healing of the grief, right? Grief has no timeline either, which a lot of I find people think, you know, early grief is one or two years, right? Now they're saying like early grief is like five or six years and could be longer. It depends, Mm -hmm. you know, under the circumstances. Like, all trauma has grief, but not all grief has trauma. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that other line that to be open to check in with your trauma because grief brings up a lot of old wounds too. Yeah. I like what you said about walking along someone because a lot of people think they have to be in your shoes. Yeah. Right? But no, our, we have different feet sizes, right? We don't, <laughs> I mean, it's walking along. Let me wear my shoes and you wear yours and just, you know, hold space for me and, and walk with me, right? That's just yeah. so beautiful, right? I think that's what we can do. It's what we can offer, you know, or there's been times where 
uh, yeah, there's been a few people that I've known that have, of course, through the work that I'm doing, that have suffered immense loss and very profound and very, sometimes very unexpected, you know, like as in your case with Harley. And there were times when I just didn't know. I was like, I wanted to help, but I didn't know what to do. And I just found that what can you do? You can light a candle and you can sit and you can pray for the person that you're the person that you're a friend or whoever it is, you can let them know that you are thinking of them. I think also just asking. I think a lot of people have said, and I don't know if you would agree with this, if it's true, but giving people the chance to talk about their loved ones, like, and bringing them up and asking about them and wanting, being curious about who that, who they are. You know, I think that is really, really helpful, I would think, for people. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's what a lot of don't know how to start the conversation. So if somebody asks, they, you know, right away, you know, they're interested and you want to hear their story, right? Mm -hmm. It's so healing to the, to the other person. And that's what a lot of it is just saying their name. Right. And that's where I was saying, like going back into like teaching now, I actually, I took David Kessler's grief practitioner course. Mm -hmm. It was an 18 week course. And I've put a lot of that, like you say, in doing our mediumship, right? We're always dealing with death. Yeah. Right. So I put a lot of that stuff into my practice now and it gave me a better understanding too of my grief. Right. It was really healing for me, but also then to share some of those tools that are people that are going through the grieving. Because I find, you know, when we see them and I have a client when they're leaving, it's just so beautiful to see them, that hope and healing messages that they, but a lot of times they're confused of the way spirit communicates with them. Yeah. Or, you know, certain things like that. So I've really kind of shifted a lot of my kind of teachings or sharings along that line. Where, like I said, sometimes they're very present, but sometimes they're not. So it's kind of, I don't call it for me, but I, for me, I went through like a lot of false hope with spirit, with the universe. I was kind of mad at it for a while, right? <laughs> to mm-hmm. There would be too fast or too slow. So I, and it was me getting out of my ego control state, right? <laughs> really grieving. Yeah. But they're very, like, I, I just find when we trust and surrender, they're there for us. And it might not just be our loved one, it's other loved ones, right? Like you say, it's those messages that we get from this unseen world. It's amazing. And I also have noticed, I was just having a conversation about this recently in a group reading because there was one person who asked about like, oh, is there a time frame? You know, like, does somebody need to be passed away for a certain amount of time before they could come through? And I said, no, not really, because it really has more to do with like our own grief. Like as humans, we sometimes need to grieve a little bit, or if it's a shock or something that's quite abrupt, uh, traumatic, like sometimes we do almost need to have a little bit of time before we are making that mediumistic connection. And it was interesting because she was basically saying how a friend of hers had this like dream visitation from her loved one that she really wanted to connect with. And she didn't understand it. She's like, why are they going to my friend? Like, why are they going to me? And I, I had to just explain that it's probably because it's easier for that spirit to actually get in touch with the friend who's going to give you the message, who's going to tell you, than for you to make that yourself just in the energy as it is right now. You know, so it's like honoring honoring the the very sacred human part of our grief, which you can't rush it. You can't force it to just, you can't think your way out of grief. So it's one of those things. And it ended up where the person she was hoping for did did come through. And she got a lot of confirmation that it was that person. Yeah. And it was quite healing. But I told her, I said, in future, like, 
if that person, if they're not stepping forward or you feel like you're not getting the messages, it's never going to be because they don't want to connect with you. It's just a matter of timing and sometimes a matter of just surrendering even more. You know, like sometimes it's just about letting go of the kind of like that panicky feeling where it's like if this person doesn't come through, like that's the end of the world. Like you're in that place of desperation. And I 100% get it. Like I know why people are in that energy. Like I get it. It's part of loss and grief. But as far as the mediumship is concerned with like, you know, somebody, them coming through from a medium, sometimes it's like when you just let go of that expectation and just relax, that's when you actually get that connection that you need. I agree 100%. And I can even witness to that because even with this part of the early stages, Harley would come and go mm-hmm. and he had gone to other people because I was just so closed off. He went to one of my friends and asked me to turn off. He said I had a big, huge searchlight, mm-hmm. one of those ones that a boat has, like a ship, mm-hmm. and to turn it off because he was busy, right? And I was just so analytically searching for him. And those are in my early stages of grief, right? Um and, but I agree. I've had some people come in and, you know, they've been three or four months or even earlier and they've totally surrendered that part mm-hmm. and the readings are profound. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, I think spirit will deliver at whatever time, but they'll get through message through to somebody, yeah. through yeah. somebody, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it is so individual, just like the grief is individual. So is that connection with spirit. And I also think too, like, A lot of people think that mediumship is kind of like the answer, like almost like they put it on a pedestal, like it's going to be the thing that solves it, cures it. And I would say it's not that. It's helpful and it's certainly very healing. But I think there's also other aspects of healing. It's not only the mediumship, probably the stage, like, first of all, it's not for everyone. I think not everyone is going to find their healing through mediumship, but for those that do, the mediumship is it serves a purpose and then i think the next step is to for that person to find their own connection with their own loved ones and how, what does that look like and i try to i don't know support or inspire people to like have their own relationship with the spirit person and that takes time because you're moving from a physical relationship to then a spiritual one. And so giving yourself time and space to let that develop, let that evolve, experiment with different ways that you connect with your person because it might be very different. Like how you connect with Harley might be different than say how I would connect with my people, you know? Exactly. And I think that's a great point. And that's what I've started to tell because I find like mediumship is out there in like Netflix and different aspects right now. And when someone comes to me like that, I feel that grief and I'll share my own story that this, you know what I mean? It's part of like, I was in this avenue before I even lost Harley. Mm -hmm. Right. But I've used, this is even I would say my mediumship hasn't been one of my healing. It's more my service, right. Mm -hmm. To kind of, to kind of give back. Cause sometimes it was hard in the beginning to even think of putting myself out there but spirit was just kind of more magical, right? In the first year or so mm-hmm. with, it made me find more purpose for, for me in doing something out of my grief. So it was kind of like getting me back into my humanistic world. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I do, I have gotten, and I still do can get lost in both of them because it's like you say, the grief is, is, 
is ongoing until we meet our loved ones, right? But it's finding for me, I'm at the stage now of of looking at more meaning. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean mean in the death. Like sometimes it freaks people out when you say that. It's not mean in the death. It's meaning about me and then my connection to Harley. Like you say, like that way that I'm honoring him. So we're learning together, like you said, in the spirit world. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to honor him, how I can start living my life more fully, which they want, right? That's like the number one thing. Yeah. Like people always want to know like, what's the message? What's the message? I'm literally like, I'm fairly confident that like 99.9% of the time, spirit is very much about live this life, enjoy it. This yeah. is not, this is temporary. So just make the most of this experience and don't sweat it because we'll we're going to be together again like there is no death it it doesn't end no i know and it's so lighthearted the way that i feel that and that's where i say sometimes i'm like well isn't there more and it's just like no like just like it's so lovely of those messages like i feel the love yeah you know what i mean so it like it it stops me from being fearful of dying but also fearful of of not living right mm-hmm. so i've been really trying to to live my life with more grace and more ease and and putting those other steps in there and at the same time honoring my grief because I think sometimes too I can run away from my grief right and then I'll know to check back in and you know just with myself right I do a lot of journaling I do see a counselor I've got a great tribe that you know we all check in and I do a lot of work with for me it works is really like just checking in that when I'm balanced right and I'm energized my chakras and everything's aligned it really helps my grief it helps everything else, but it really helps me move through those motions of my grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not being sort of static for too yeah. long. It. We uh, can get our stuck in our grief. I find it we can get really get stuck in our bodies, like it needs motion to move. Yeah, and I think too with grief, sometimes it is very paralyzing. Like it can be. You oh can yeah, really, like you know, sometimes like that feeling of like not just not wanting to leave the bed, you know, like just being like, I'm good here. I'm just, I'm good. And I think that can, you can do that and you can honor that, but also it's true. You can almost get stuck in the, the not moving, like literally not moving your body, you know, or not even sort of experiencing life. You can kind of really get numb, I think, or kind of like shut down at different points. So yeah, definitely. It's always that self-awareness and and I guess realizing that the grief is sacred and beautiful and also very painful. You know, it's like all of those things. It's all of them mixed together. That's messy, complicated, lovely, like you said, 100%. And then it's meeting where you are and kind of like you say, being okay with just going under the covers and watching Netflix all day. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. And just honoring yourself, right? Yeah. What about signs? Because I know people are always very curious about like the signs that are received from loved ones in spirit. Do you, are there any that stand out? I know he sent you lots, but any that stand out to you? Well, that's interesting because I went away traveling for three weeks, about two weeks ago. And I really, it was interesting because this is my analytical mind. I didn't want to be a bereaved mother. I didn't want to be a medium. I just wanted to be myself, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be my old self, which isn't there anymore. So I kind of wanted to really shut spirit off in everybody. And it was hilarious. It was like, and I was sharing things with my husband. It was like, first I was seeing one, 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 you know, then all the two, two, twos. And I said to him like this, I know you're there. Right. You know? And it was almost like he would look at me like I was strange. And then it was the threes, fours. It went all the way up to the nines. 
<laughs> and I still analytically was going, I'm not buying into you guys, right? Like this is, <laughs> I'm still not going to do it. Um, and then we were in, I think it was Prague. And twice these two baby feathers started floating down at the through the oh, air. Wow. And I knew it was Harley. And I was literally, I'm going, okay, can you just stop? And you know what I mean? I had that, and I recheck in, you know, but he's done some crazy pernet for pound things. Some I can't mention online here. But and to his actually his grandfather, he's really connected with his grandfather with feathers. My my dad is actually moving from New West to Vancouver. And last week, my dad sent me a feather in his garage in New West. Uh-huh. And then the next day, sent me another one in Vancouver. And he just wants to know that that he's close by. Some of the bigger ones, I was having a real kind of, I call them my grief bursts, which mm-hmm. are love bursts, whatever you call them. And I was traveling in Salt Spring. And my my word that I was trying to work on was to put grace into my grief. And I ended up just walking away and having my grief burst. And I ran into this painting called Saving Grace. And it was this crazy painting. And I left my name with the artist and she phoned me back when we we got back to Port Moody. And she told me this crazy story and I ended up buying it. And it's in our den when we walk by every day. And it's actually a a crane. And one of Harley's spirit animals when he was on one of his retreat things was called, he was called the snow crane. Oh, cool. It, it was just, and there's stairs walking out, like just crazy. So yeah, buying different things. Dimes is a big thing for him. And we find them in beds all over the place in the cars, kind of. It's a real token. And then when we were in Mexico, there were the more Diablos, like there's not dimes down. But then some months there's nothing. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he I likes think- to play with lights and TVs. Oh, I was just going to say, I saw him sort of like flickering with like the lights and the electronics and the phone, you know, all that stuff. But I think it is really important what you said that it's not like it's every single day, 24 seven. It does. There is sort of like times where it's a bit quiet. There are times maybe when the signs are not either they're not coming in as as often or maybe we're just not we're not noticing them as much. But I think that's important for people to know because a lot a lot of people that I talk to, they panic. They start to worry when they don't have the signs as much. And I think then it becomes this questioning like, oh, like they were with me. Did they go somewhere? Like, are they not around? And it almost opens the grief up even more. Like, again, it's kind of brings it to the surface. So it is good that you mentioned that, yeah, it's not all the time. No, and this happened to me through a couple of times. And I share that with my clients too, because I do worry about the you know yeah. what I mean? I said, they might, right? Like, this is yeah. what they're saying right now, but it's all about our connection, how we're feeling. And Harley had shared some things that they're busy sometimes, right? This is what he has said through, you know, writings. And then they're they're doing some work that's further away. And I don't know if you've ever yeah. come across that or not, but, you know, and then they're always there, he says, but it's just like they're just further away and they're busy, right? So it's kind of like... Yeah. Well, um, I kind of see it almost like, if you think about it in life, you could have, you know, say for me, my my parents live like five minutes down the road, right? But it's not as though they're accessible accessible to me 24-7. You know what I mean? Like there are times when, yes, even though they're close by in proximity, that yeah, they might be, you know, if I tried to call and they were on the other line, like, yeah, I might have to wait. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel as magical and amazing and miraculous as it is to be in spirit and that they are capable of so much. I do think, yeah, there may be times where either 
it's that or it's that for us, we're not in the right, we may not be in the right energy headspace to receive it at that time. Or we might be also too busy and too focused on whatever else that might need our attention. You know, so I think there's a lot of things that can sort of factor into that. But for sure, they're always like they are accessible in that, yes, we will have that connection. I just think it's not necessarily on demand, you know, like that kind of thing. Exactly. I agree 100%. And yeah. then it's sometimes I find fainter too. You'll have just that knowingness, right? If there's not the signs, it's just a knowing that that you heard something or it's meaningful to you of whatever that message is. Yeah. It's a knowing and sometimes a very subtle feeling. It mm-hmm. may not even be a very dramatic or big thing. It could be very gentle and very quiet and it's a feeling. And You can't even sometimes, I think, necessarily put it into words, but when you feel it, you feel it. And so it can be very personal. It can just be between you and your your spirit loved one. You know, it's not necessarily something that can be quantified. Because I've had people ask about sort of like, well, if it's a feeling, then that's not, they almost think it's not, it's not tangible. So it's not real. And I would just ask people, well, like, can you quantify love? Can you show me what love actually looks like, what it is? No, but we feel it and we definitely know it's true. We definitely know it's real. So it's sort of the same thing I would say about that with spirit. That's so true. It feels like sometimes that you're just wrapped with hug and you don't know what it is, but you just yeah. feel it. Yeah. yeah. You feel that you're safe and you feel, yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, it could be, I think that maybe sometimes if I think if you live your life in such a way that it's been very focused on the the human experience and the physical world and everything is about what you see is what you believe and that's it, then when you get hit with grief and then you start to open maybe up a little more to maybe say your spirituality or your spiritual connection, I think it can be really puzzling for people sometimes or really frustrating because they want to have some kind of test. They want to have some kind of logical explanation for things that actually don't have a lot of logical explanation to them. It's something that, you know, you almost have to experience, you have to feel it, you have to, you have to go through that in your own way. And there's not some kind of, not some kind of test for it, you know? No, that's why I say there's no book on it. It just kind of called it a blessing and a curse at the same time when I was really confused. Yeah. Um, and and I think I always go back to surrendering. And I, when I'm confused, I try and do that. It doesn't work all the time, mm-hmm. but it's always easier said than done. But when I'm feeling really confused or frustrated, I find that, like you said, I get that feeling of a big hug around me. Right. Mm-hmm. So it then it helps me surrender more and just trust, like to get out of my ego state, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. What do you think is the most challenging part of this spiritual work that you're doing? Well, I actually dove right now, I was like probably the last two months is balancing being more human in my spiritual yeah. work. I could just go play in the spiritual world all day long. Like it just, that's my jam. I love it. I'm just love spirit. I love working with them. I love my clients. Yeah. It's integrating and really, I call it now having my grief, 
integration of being a human. I chose to still be here on this world, right? Mm -hmm. And my spiritual world. And they kind of, and that's where I mean, like they've kind of went, okay, Vicky, now it's time to take those steps of integration, right? And I'm enjoying it. I don't know if anything is like scary because I find it so mystified. Mm -hmm. I think maybe sometimes the grief, I do some facilitating groups with with grief, like peer pressure groups Mm -hmm. called Healing Hearts. And sometimes I get frustrated and angry with the opiate crisis and mm-hmm. that there's not things being done fast enough. Yeah. So that's where my most of my challenges right now in my day to day life. So I've I've kind of separated that anger out and kind of and spirit's actually helping me with that too. It's been kind of so I'm trusting and surrendering more to that anger aspect. Yeah. And you know, as I work with more and more people and I continue to, you know, work on myself and develop, I feel like maybe Anger is so much more useful than we might have thought. Like, I think there's a lot of times when we're taught to deny it or to not express it or to just not feel it at all, you know, almost like it's a bad thing if you're angry. And I started to recognize that there's a lot of freedom in actually feeling your anger, expressing it, and then allowing it to be a catalyst for change. And sometimes for some of us, it takes anger. Like for me, to finally get, I almost need to get fed up enough with something that I lose my patience. And that's actually when I get very determined. So I think like, it's just, yeah, it's interesting you bring up the anger because I do think it is very useful. Yeah, too. It was like, you know, the girl, the little girl that wasn't supposed to speak or that type of thing, right? It was like (laughs) feeling that anger and then I'm learning to respond more than react. Yeah. But I love what you said. It's like on your anger. I'm at that stage now where like, yeah, things are percolating up and, and, Mm -hmm. but not being more respond, responsive out of it. But it's great to, we need it in our grief. We need to be angry. We need to recognize it, witness it, sit with it, just like every other emotion. So I love that you mentioned that because, yeah, that was a a big part of people don't like to see people that are grieving angry. (laughs) It really makes them uncomfortable, but it's part of life, right? And that's where, like, you know what I mean? It's Death is, is sad. It's ugly. It's hurtful, right? But it's part of our whole system, right? Birth or regrowth, right? And life. And it's hard to talk about. So I'd like to, I'm really grateful that you brought the conversation of grief to, you know what I mean? To, to go out there and, and try and, you know, it might ignite people to have conversation with their family and kids of how they feel with grief. Yeah, I hope um, so. I hope so. Because it, like you said, it is such a natural part of life. And yeah. The other thing I say, it's universal in that none of us are going to go through this life unscathed. We'll all experience grief at some point. So I think, yeah, being almost like having this discussion about it before you have to, you know what I mean? Like it would be wonderful to like have have conversations about grief and, and really, I don't know, like have that be out in the open before you go through, you know, your grief, just to almost have it be very normal, normalized. Yeah. And like after Harley passed, um, he was very close about family. It was a big deal for him, right? Well, all of us, but I mean, for him, out of all the kids, it was just, he was his family man. And I kind of turned like the same thing as used his death to bring our family closer together, but also talk about it. Right. And it's, you know what I mean? We can't be scared about it. Like we're dealing this. We have to, you know, even though, like you say, everyone grieves uniquely and differently, but sometimes I think people don't know how to grieve Mm -hmm. because we go inward and there's not a lot of resources out there. So we just 
you know, it's an old familiar feeling of going in when things are uncomfortable. And you know what I find in a lot. I love that you spoke actually a couple months ago at the Valley View. That's actually where Harley is. Well, I um, know that. Oh, yeah, so cool. I see that when I was gone, and that is so cool. And we didn't actually have a plot or anything. Mm-hmm. And there was a space that came available at Valley View, like a 20-second walk from where you gave your talk, which is like right up front there. Oh, no way. For all of us to be, you know, as a family yeah. together. And I know Harley created that. Yeah. It was crazy how it just it just showed up. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And I felt really honored to do it because it was cool that they were offering their clients, you know, this experience if they wanted it, you know, to be able to Mm. connect with their loved ones and talk about, you know, the afterlife and that kind of thing. And yeah, certainly, I think, you know, part of part of the work that we do with spirit really is, yes, it's about that continued connection. But in many cases, we are witnessing and holding space for someone's grief. And you know, I think that can be extremely healing and helpful. Just having someone that sees you and really, really understands, like can say to you, this is what I feel you're feeling. Because sometimes in, in life, we don't always, not everybody has that person, you know? So I think sometimes the work we're doing with mediumship, we're also, you know, almost like there's a, a bit of a counseling aspect. There's a bit of a energy healing aspect. And there's also the mediumship and all the rest of it. I agree. I agree. It was, I um, had quite a few different ones through Harley when he passed, but more was, and when he came through, it was what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there were other loved ones that yeah. came through. Like, we know we can't control it, but mm-hmm. Interesting, I find that the clients that I've been getting lately and the last while is other healing messages that I'm kind of working on. Yes. It, it's been so cool. Like I had a lady today from Florida and it was a, through a client from Mexico passed through. I didn't know her. And it was just amazing. And she had two husbands that had crossed. She wanted to talk. They both came through and it was amazing reading. And at the end, and I wasn't going to say it, I always think of you. And it was like, he's like, tell her I'm her knight in shining armor. So I'm like, Oh, but the other one's there too, right? You know, like, I know you feel bad. I was like, oh, Mike says that he was your knight in shimer, not you know, not the other one. And she's like, oh my god. So then she shows me this picture that she had with her, and he literally was in like a knight, like a shining armor. Oh my god! His face was there in a sword, and it was just like, and it was when I'm feeling like it's too much for me or whatever, I get those from spirit, and it's not even Harley. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. working with them that yeah yeah. and it's like okay thanks guys (laughs) 100 they and it's so true the spirit world is so intelligent they will orchestrate you to have the right the right people come see you for their benefit but also for your benefit you know there's many times when things will come up with clients and i'm like "Mm, this is a message for me too i can feel it like they match us up it's almost like a spiritual like you know online dating but like for yeah right (laughs) And then the other thing is so true. The same thing happens with me. If I'm like nearing the, you know, edging of a maybe like a little mini like breakdown, if I'm like stressing or if I'm just like fed up with something and I'm in that zone, guaranteed eventually they will bring me something like that where it's just like, oh my God, like that just like completely makes your day. You feel so invigorated because it's like, 
wow, like they are so amazing by what they can show us and what they do. And so even if I'm having like the worst time in life, I can go and connect with spirit for someone else. And it brings me to that place also. You know, it's like it lifts it. You don't have a, any other choice but to be uplifted, you know, because it's just that powerful. So, yeah, I think they know when we need those. We need those moments. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like I said, it's been a big part of my healing journey. But I do recognize, like I said, this year I'm putting a lot of more grace into my stuff and a lot more sharing Harley's story with the opioid crisis, but also what's going on with grief out there of like how illiterate, because they actually, to me, go like hand in hand with the opioid crisis. You know what I mean? What's happening is the same thing. It's with stigma, mental health. You know what I mean? Nobody knows what areas to, you know, dive into. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's messy. You know, it's the same with grief. You know, a lot of people just, like you say, it's messy, it's complicated. They believe it's lineage right? (laughs) there's no timeline. And, you know, it's just like it's still in our human form. We don't know what we're going to feel from day to day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think there's a lot of comfort in just having that be said, you know, so people hearing you say that is really helpful. So you're not, there's, I guarantee there's someone out there listening that is feeling pressured, you know, almost mm-hmm. feeling guilty or bad that mm-hmm. they're still grieving. And it's like, no, I think that the grief that we have, it, I don't think it actually goes away. I don't think that we go get over it. I think no. it's not meant to be. I think it's more so you learn to have a different relationship with your loved one, but also you kind of learn to have a different relationship with yourself. You learn to sort of have it's a different life. It's a new life. It's different. And it doesn't mean that it can't also be wonderful and beautiful, but yeah, you almost have to make space and room also for those emotions and feelings that are always going to be there. And it's a testament to the love that you have for the person who's in spirit. That's so true. And it's like, you know, and that's what people say, you know, you're losing a part of yourself. And I feel I'm involving, you know, a new part of myself. Yep. And a lot of these things, I call them, you know, my Harley gifts, right? And and other loved ones, like I've done a deep dive where I see more of even my, my grandmother, who I'd never talked too much in spirit, or my a quiet grandfather, like all of them have just more listening to my ancestral line. Like it made me go deeper back. I love doing soul work too, though. So that's part of my thing. Mm-hmm. But it explained a lot of what I had done in the last, you know what I mean, 30 years of my being here on this physical earth. Mm-hmm. And even even Harley stuff, it was it was interesting. Yeah, I've learned so much. But like you say, it's we never stop grieving. You know what I mean? We learn to move with our grief and grow around it. And like you say, and honoring ourselves and our loved ones. And I really believe when we do honor our ourselves, it is in honoring our loved ones. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's easier said than done. And and we all have unique processes through. But yeah, it's all along, like you say, those lines of our inner health work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's an important thing, I think, for people to feel like they can go through it and that they're not alone. They do, even if they don't feel they have the support that they need necessarily here in the physical world. I mean, hopefully, you know, everyone has a someone, you know, that they can kind of depend upon. But if they don't, you st- you do have the support. And love from spirit. So it's like there is this, I think, comfort in just knowing that like wherever you're at and whatever you're going through, there is support. There is love there for you. There is. And, that, and that's a feeling, like you said, a big point where grief is can be lonely and we can get, you know, isolated in our own loneliness and being mm-hmm. lost. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to pull ourselves out. And that's where a lot of it's tough for families to see 
loved ones in grief. Yeah. I've really witnessed that a lot lately. And especially watching my family, what they're used to me. I'm one that usually bunkers down, goes in, mm -hmm. right? Can be angry with her anger. Yeah. Just yeah. let her do her process. She'll come out the other end. But then I wanted to talk about it. And then, but nobody else wanted to talk about it. So I really had to learn to respect where other people were also on their grief, mm -hmm. right? Just because I wanted to talk about it didn't mean that somebody else that was grieving me, the same loved one, wanted to talk about it at the same time. Yeah. So I really learned a lot about that and honoring more people. Usually I did in the other ways, but not with grief. It was so, because I hadn't experienced a huge loss. Like, you know what I mean? I had other losses, but I hadn't experienced something that's devastating to me and our family. Yeah. So Harley taught everybody, I think, so much, you know, and I think we forget that when we're just because we're a family doesn't mean we're all going to grieve the same. That's so true. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. And yeah, knowing that and I think just, yeah, being OK with it, you know, and allowing other people to sort of be OK with where they're at. Just totally. meeting them where they're at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you sharing Harley with us and your journey. And I just feel really appreciative of having the connection with you and getting to know you. And I really am thankful that you came and chatted with with me tonight on the show. Well, thanks, Melissa, for allowing me to chat on the show. You were one of my grief mentors that I met, actually, like I said, a year and a half ago coming up here, or the universe put us together. So mm -hmm. I think what you do is amazing. And I, I love doing stuff with you. And I appreciate being on here talking about Harley and my grief journey also. Ah, well, he's, he's incredible. You're incredible. Tell people where they can find you. My website is vickycartwright.com. It's V-I-C-K-I. C-A-R-T-W-R-I-G-H-T dot com. And I'm actually going out to Mexico soon. So I'll still have my website going and doing mm -hmm. Zoom. I'm going to work actually every Tuesday and people can schedule on White Lotus, Divine White Lotus in Port Moody also. Oh, perfect. Yeah. And I'm going to play around with some workshops and I'm going to do some grief workshops. So I'll let you about those too. Definitely, definitely. And I highly recommend. So if you're listening and you would like to do some of that work or you're looking for a connection with your loved ones and spirits, Vicky does all kinds of things. So definitely check her out. And we'll, we'll leave you with that. So thank you so much for anyone listening. If you have any questions or you want to inquire about mentorship, working with me, classes, that kind of thing, melissawhitemedium at gmail.com. You can email me. And then also on Facebook, it's um, Psychic Medium Melissa White. So, all right. We will talk soon. Take care and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.